in the name of the one baptized for us, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Last week, Marissa called for us to make our relationships with God and this place a priority. I was listening. (laughs) (laughs) To to encounter the divine, (laughs) to find a settled, grounded feeling. For many of us, those relationships began at baptism. Maybe it was up the road a little bit on Route 7 with water poured from the font that now stands out in the narthex. It could have been a baptism using your family's long-treasured pitcher and basin from the dry sink of your childhood home. My Colorado cousins were all baptized in a waterfall near where they lived, high in the mountains, so far removed from any church building that the priest would travel to visit their cabin for such occasions. The one time I baptized, the water source was a baby bottle filled with sterile water. Perhaps for others of this congregation, they were presented to God in a naming ceremony. Or was it becoming a bat or bar mitzvah? and finding a relationship with Jesus as an adult. Bound by a relationship with God, no matter how or when that first began, we are here together in this place. I'll pause for that awkward moment of irony so Matt can insert the the laugh track. We are gathered in this place here and at home. At Littlefield Memorial Baptist Church, literally on the rocky coast of Rockland, Maine, where my parents were married and where my grandparents worshiped throughout my childhood, there was above the choir seats an illuminated area with a tub. Painted on the wall behind it was an artist's depiction of the Jordan River flowing through a mountain valley. A palm tree weeps into the river, and the bright sky complete with wistful white clouds. As a child, upon asking, I was told the tub was intended for baptisms. I don't think I quite understood the size of the font or why it was literally a bathtub. Probably because it was unlike the baptismal font in the church where I was raised. Was your baptism by immersion? What was your baptism like? Who was there? As a matter of fact, I was baptized as an infant on January 21st, 1968 the first of my siblings to be baptized as part of Christ Church East Norwalk, with my older siblings having been baptized as part of St. Paul's on the Green in Norwalk, many years before, where my father was brought up and where our family was worshiping at the time. 
My baptism was one of those rare occasions of the church these days, as it was apart from the regular Sunday worship. That is not to say it was private, as the rector and several parishioners report being present, and a list in my baby book confirms that. Yet it took place on a Sunday afternoon in order that my godparents, my Uncle Don and my Aunt Miyoko, could be there. My eldest siblings were also listed as my godparents on my baptismal certificate. Now, Uncle Don was otherwise occupied on Sunday mornings, serving a parish in Massachusetts at the time, and he was to baptize me, so it took place later in the afternoon. I should mention, because our formation as Christians is a lifelong journey, that journey Marissa spoke about last week, only beginning at baptism, Aunt Miyoko stood beside me on another important day in my life in the church when she presented me for ordination. The task she undertook as my godmother continues to this day. So why is this type of scheduling for a baptism rare these days? It's rare because as Episcopalians, we baptize. When we baptize, we do so as part of a community. The rubrics concerning baptism found in the Book of Common Prayer on page 298, if you'd like to read along at home, specifically state that holy baptism is full initiation by water and the Holy Spirit in Christ's body, the church. Further, rubrics tell us that the bond which God establishes in baptism is indissoluble a bond which cannot be broken, no matter how long we live. It is worth mentioning that full initiation is why even young children are welcome at this altar to participate fully in the Eucharist. No matter the rites and rituals of our past, today we have found ourselves as part of Christ's body indeed in this place, at this altar, at this font. In this place, as part of this body, and in these settled and grounded relationships with God and each other, we have found ourselves as part of St. Matt's. It's about relationships, right? I see this when we gather at the diner also, here, there, and wherever we are gathered. We come to this place for prayer and song, for sacraments at a, this altar, for baptisms from this font, for companionship along the way. We need each other. We will sing, Christ, when for us you were baptized at communion. Something occurred to me Thursday evening as or as a friend of mine and mentor, a former curate here actually at St. Matthew's, Frank Wismer would say, I experienced a BFO, a blinding flash of the obvious, as I listened to the hymn, an epiphany of sorts. Christ was baptized for us, if the, if the theology of the hymn is correct, and we agree. 
Yes, and our baptism in and with Christ is for the world. Christ was baptized for us, and our baptism in and with Christ is for the world. How do we live that out? How do we live that out? How do we claim our baptism? Some would say it's as easy enough as to turn to the baptismal covenant on pages 304 and 305 of the Book of Common Prayer, where you will read among the vows, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you seek and serve in all serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? There's never a bad time to open up these pages and ask ourselves these questions again and again. I read somewhere recently that at his baptism, Jesus identified with the common folk so much that he got in line with the rest of them to be baptized. So I wonder, how can we get in line and live out our baptism? How do we identify with others, especially with those who don't look like us, love like us, or live like us? those who don't have similar backstories or education experience as we do. Well, perhaps Isaiah can help. The prophet Isaiah tells us twice to not be afraid. This is two of the 365 times the phrase, do not be afraid, appears in the Bible. I do not remember if they taught us this at deacon school, Yet I think there must be something to this, right? 365 times the Bible tells us not to be afraid. And lo and behold, there are 365 days in a typical year. Water and flames will not get us because God is with us. Neither will the pandemic win in the end. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to get to know folks who are different. Do not be afraid to trust new relationships. Do not be afraid to love. Do not be afraid to claim your baptism. You have 365 new and different days to claim your baptism. Claim it. Live it. It's yours. Amen.